Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, tonight, ADHD and self-regulation. Vulnerability. When you're lonely, bored, tired, stressed, and I should have added sleep-deprived into the, the written title. Um, our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as CHAD. To celebrate uh, this, we are anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a few times during the show. Write it down. Then listen to another one of our shows and write the secret word of that show down. Then email me the both secret words. The email address is attention at Attention Talk Radio. I will get it off to Chad. We will get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and we will send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it is printed. So we're going to get into the con- content. Uh, we're going to run a, a tip um, from Chad, and we'll get into the program. So here we go. Are you up to date on the latest ADHD information? Do you need expert advice and tips to help you or a loved one manage ADHD? Sounds like you need Chad's Attention Magazine. Each issue covers relevant topics, resources, and strategies for parents, caregivers, educators, partners, and adults. So start your digital subscription today. Visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, everybody. Um, I have a real great show for you tonight. Basically, this is a self-awareness show. Uh, I'm talking about when you're more vulnerable and have uh, difficulty self-regulating so that maybe you can manage an event. When I came up with this topic, I, the perfect guest who just flashed in my mind was Alan Brown at ADD Crusher because he's a great story, uh, particularly related to this topic. Uh, before being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, Alan P. Brown was a self-confessed, unmitigated mess with booze, drugs, and massive underachievement. He was an irresponsible space case, but after his diagnosis, he sought to develop strategies that would allow him to live to his potential. Now, thanks to his ADD Crusher strategies, more than a decade, he's a successful executive entrepreneur and ADHD coach. He shares those strategies with fellow ADDers and others who seek higher productivity and greater fulfillment. How can be found on the web uh, at addcrusher.com, and you can also find his free ebook, uh, Five Things You're Doing Every Day That Might Make Your ADHD Worse. You can also get his four free part video series on how to get more things done in less time by going to addcrusher.com, where Alan teaches brain productivity apps. So, with all that, Alan, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Jeff. I always love having you on there. 
you know, it's kind of funny. Every once in a while I have these like epiphanies. I'm coaching somebody and the topic will come up and go, oh, my God, that's great. And yes, everybody, that's where most of this material comes from is when I'm coaching somebody. I'm like, excuse me. And this notion of when, you're, when you have ADHD, the idea is to self-regulate, to manage your attention or even manage your emotions. And I'll have people come to me and they'll talk about, you know, that they're struggling with this a little bit. And as I start to talk to them, it's very clear that there's certain times when they're more prone to struggle with the self-regulation. And it typically turns like when they're bored or tired or lonely and stressed. And a lot of them actually not really self-aware of that. From your perspective, have you noticed that there's certain times where you're more vulnerable, your AD symptoms are maybe even a little bit worse? Thoughts on that? Absolutely. And uh, I've I've done a lot of uh, reading and writing on this and also a lot of examination of my own self-awareness, of course. (laughs) And, you know, sure enough, I, I, you know, before I even kind of got into reading the literature, so to speak, on all this, I was observing that, you know, um, when, when I'm hungry, uh, when I haven't gotten enough sleep, when I'm, uh, um, you know, frustrated or angry, I am much more prone to impulsiveness and doing the wrong thing, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm so glad to be here talking with you on this topic because I think it's a big, big, big one. You know, it's interesting because it comes up, and I, I'm going to tell some stories about this, but, you know, as I've learned, you can't, as Dr. Barker said, you, you can't restrain yourself until you become self-aware. And it's that self-awareness that you, you become, and then you begin to plan some things, and then you can actually begin to do something about it. So I'm actually kind of lead – this is a Jeff story is, you know, Alan, you and I have seen each other at conferences over the years all, all the place. And, you know, there's like lunch break, and there's a air, big area where you go into, and there's people sitting there, and there's food, and everybody's kind of milling around. And sometimes you're captivated in, in a great conversation. Other times you're just hanging out waiting for some people to kind of come in and talk about it. But there's food everywhere, and those, there's those moments sometimes when you're like, hey, you know, I've got nothing to do. I don't eat, or you're like the relatives around. And I know for me, I, like, I learned years ago I don't like to lose weight. <laughs> so if I don't gain it, then I don't have to lose it. And so when I'm ever at those places, I'm consciously trying to keep myself busy looking for material and stuff to do to occupy my mind. So Because if I don't have anything to do, I'll sit down and eat. And I'm not a big lunch eater, but it's something I'll do. So I'd actually go to those things thinking I'm looking for people to network with to find show content at conferences as a means to occupy myself so that I'm not bored and eat. Can you relate to that in any way? In your own, <laughs> in a different way. Of course, you know, the, the Jeff Copper story is always one that kind of comes out of left field but then makes total sense. <laughs> so that's a really neat way of, of – of sort of declaring your own awareness of it. You've got this awareness that I don't want to be going over there and eating, so I'm going to make sure that I'm trying to do, you know, my job here, et cetera. And, you know, that aligns perfectly with the very first thing uh, that I uh, tell my clients and my tribe about this, you know, trying to convince our brains, you know, not to chase uh, you know, the impulses, which mm-hmm. in part is chasing dopamine, right? But, yep, I, um, and, and, and I just, I just say, number one is awareness of our outlaw brain. And uh, you may have heard me <laughs> turn before, um, but, you know, just, just think about this. Our brain really is an outlaw. It wants to do what 
you know, what left to our own devices, we would do. It wants to go and eat when it wants to eat. It wants to watch one more episode of the TV show. Yep. It wants to go and, and grab the junk food to, you know, fire up the, the brain for three seconds and then crash. It wants to definitely not do the thing that we're supposed to be working on, on. Like for you, it's when you enter one of those rooms where there's a sea of people that represent huge amounts of great content and interviews, but, you know, your outlaw brain said, no, let's go over there. There's a whole tray of exedes uh, <laughs> over here. So, yeah, I, that, that awareness thing, and I just call it the awareness of the outlaw brain, and if we can regard our unguarded brain as the outlaw, uh, that can help us with impulsivity uh, hugely, just that awareness. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leverage this a little bit, and I'm gonna, this probably story is going to take us to the break so we get done. But I'll never forget, I was coaching a guy, I think it was five or six years ago, and he came to me, and you know, he said, you know, Copper, I need your help. I, I, I've had this, I, I chew tobacco. It's been a bad habit of mine. I've been trying to kick it for like you know, 30 years, never been able to do something. In fact, I've really never admitted to anybody, but I need your help. And I said, okay, great. So let me ask you, when do you chew? And he was like, uh, I, 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 all day. And like, no, seriously, like, when do you chew? And I paused and I said, you know, one of the things that I've learned with it, you know, the ADHD brain is a dopamine-seeking brain, so it, it likes the stimulation. It likes stimulation, particularly as an escape, and it also it doesn't like boredom. And when it's bored, it's more apt to want to escape because it's physically uncomfortable. And I said, tell me, just I want you to observe this week when, when you're chewing. And it was interesting because as we started talking about it, it was really clear he chewed when he was bored or when he was stressed. It was like, it's almost like you could predict, like if you're going to be in like the line, the DMV, right, where you're sitting, there's nothing to do, and you know your cell phone, he was going to chew at that point in time. So in order to kick this stuff, we actually sat down and said, okay, we need to figure this out because you're going to be the most vulnerable when you're stressed out. And he said, well, when I'm in my office, I'm, there's, there's no way that I, because when something's really, really off the charts, I, I go to it because it calms me down and helps me think in that moment, which there's reasons for that, everybody, because there's a dopamine release there. He says, so, all right, I'm going to take two weeks. I'm not going to go into the office because when I go there, I'm not going to be able to resist the temptation. Then we started talking about those times at night and other times when he would be more bored and he wants to occupy his mind. And so we concocted this plan that for him, all he had to do was read magazines on what tobacco does to your teeth with all the pictures and stuff like that. And he was going to research that as a means to occupy his mind in those, in those moments. And we concocted this plan literally to, to, to address, to quit, but mostly in his times of most vulnerable. So we went um, the first, you know, like several days, there was that, you know, physical part where he was like, you know, I was whatever. And then there was a mental side, but he actually was able to break the habit after two and a half weeks. And the point really here, everybody, is that before we just said, hey, we're going to stop this, we actually said, okay, when are those points when he's the most vulnerable? Let's create the awareness. Let's create a structure around that so we know what we're going to do so we don't tempt yourself as a means to break himself away. And it was a success story, and I'm, I, the reason I'm telling this is that really, this show is really about if you begin to watch your behavior, you can know those times when you're going to be most apt to do something, and then you can manage around it. So uh, anything you'd like to add or any, any thoughts on that, that story? Yeah, I, I, well, first of all, this, you know, here's a guy, this is a pretty amazing story, right? I mean, the guy, 30 years, he's trying to quit this, and then you just ask your great questions that you always do. And two and a half weeks later, the guy has kicked a 30-year habit. I'm sure it wasn't easy, but that, that's a pretty amazing result. But I just want to sort of build on that a little bit, particularly the area where he mentioned, you know, whenever I'm stressed. And 
my sort of number two thing around uh, impulsivity or, or self-regulation is you got to feed your brain right. And that's not just food, right? Because we also we yes. already agreed that, you know, when, when you're hungry, you're going to be more likely to kind of do, you know, listen to the outlaw brain. But, you know, just think about when you are not getting enough sleep or when you're not getting enough exercise. You mm-hmm. are just as a, as a default, as, you know, as a, just your baseline now is going to be more stressed. So the yes. other thing that we can do is make sure that we are at least at, let's just call it 8 out of 10 or 7 out of 10 on our diet. No crap in our diet, no sugar, simple carbs. Um, we're, we're focused on protein, et cetera. Um, we're getting decent sleep, and we're getting some kind of exercise at least three times a week. If we're, if we're at 7 out of 10 on each of those, your stress levels level's going to fall, and your outlaw brain is going to have a lot less say in what you do day in and day out. You said your stress level. Go back and rewind. Can you repeat what you just said? If you remember it. <laughs> yeah, so, no, no, absolutely. So, so yeah, so your, your stress level is, of course, it's driven by, you know, the amount of work that yep. you have and the amount of worry that you have and what's going on in your life, et cetera. But it's made worse exponentially when you have the same sort of um, uh, sources of stress but yes. you, have, you are not feeding your brain right by your eating crappy food. Uh-huh. It doesn't sustain your focus and your, and your willpower. When you are not getting enough sleep or, you know, you're keeping yourself up late at night watching your phone and other videos and then, you know, not waking up on time or not getting good sleep. And then if you're not exercising, if, you, if you're not getting some kind of cardio two, three times a week at the least, those things will exponentially increase the way you feel your stress. And we, it's so well demonstrated that when we are feeding our brain right, diet, exercise, sleep, we are going to be less stressed, A, generally, and B, we're going to be better able to deal yep. with new stresses that come in. And as a result of that, we're going to be less likely to listen to our outlaw brain and, you know, translation will be less likely to be impulsive and will be better self-regulated. Absolutely. You teed that one up for me. It's like volleyball. You set points. So we're going to go to break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to do this. Um, as I, the purpose of this show is really a lot about self-regulation, or excuse me, self-awareness, so that you know that you're more vulnerable in these times. I'm going to come back to what you said in a second. We're going to go to break, everybody. Our secret word tonight is vulnerability. Again, our secret word is vulnerability. And you got to check out Alan Brown's website at addcrusher.com. There's all kinds of great stuff. There's tools, group classes. There's access to Crusher TV. Go check that out. You do yourself a favor. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. 
This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. All right, everybody, we're here with Alan Brown. This is very much a self-awareness show. We're talking about self-regulation, but coming to realize there's certain times that you're going to be more vulnerable to struggle with your ADD symptoms and either plan for them and manage them, and or right now I'm going to work this thing backwards. You've heard so much out there about self-care, and as Alan talked about before the break, talking about you know exercise and brain, and I can tell you this is a personal true story, 100% up and down. You know, Alan, I exercise all the time. I have a history of it, and I know for a fact. I mean, I, I got data in my history. I can look back. When I am exercising, I think a lot clearer and a lot better. I sleep better. I feel better, and I have more clarity in my mind. However, it takes the self-awareness for me to realize is that when I am like, like, like today, I've got a lot, I got my son's playing soccer tonight. My mother's birthday's coming in. I got a friend buying a house. I'm helping him. I got so much kind of going on. And a lot of times what I'll do is I will escape the exercise because of the pressures of the day. Like I got this, I got to get done. This got to get it done. Da, da, da. And I don't hold that space for that self-care. So what happens is it stresses me out because I'm not exercising and processing that stress. With this, I sometimes I have a tendency to, to kind of keep going and do more than I need to. So then I start to get tired. I start to get back up on sleep. And now that throws me in this double way because then it's a lot harder for me to self-regulate because I'm going to go to carbs because it instantly feels good as opposed to that protein that I need. So I'm kind of working this thing backwards because you – you're more vulnerable in those things and to do things that you have to have, you have to have that awareness sometimes not to put yourself in those situations where you're more vulnerable. So it's kind of like a catch 22. Make some sense. Yeah. Well, you just did a really neat job of tying together that sort of vicious cycle of, you know, I, I drop my, things get a little stressful. I drop my exercise. I get more stress. I sleep less and then I'm more likely to reach for crappy food. So you just, you just <laughs> a nice little package. Diet, exercise, and sleep all together. But I also, I think it's, you know, neat, and, and for those who don't know, I mean, Jeff was, or is, he's a serious athlete. This guy was a, a top-level swimmer. So when, you know, so it, it sort of stands to reason that he recognizes when his exercise goes off. But it's also neat that someone who is, uh, you know, a, a real super fit guy that even these super fit guys can, you know, kind of slack off on the exercise. But um, I know, I notice that when I exercise less, when I'm not keeping up my just about every day, I'll either do stationary cycle or I'll do running every single day. And when I miss a few days, I find that I'm using more of my Ritalin. I am mm-hmm. propping myself up with more Ritalin, and the more I exercise, the better I eat and the less I sleep, the less and less and less Ritalin uh, I need. So get aware of that. <laughs> so I want to kind of transition to something probably a little bit unexpected for you, but I've done a lot of um, research and shows this year, really kind of building on working memory stuff that I've been doing the last couple of years, and I'm becoming to realize that thinking – for people with ADHD is more difficult. We actually have research out. Um, we need more. This is don't take this spot on. But we there was a, a, a thing done recently where they uh, got people of similar IQ and they had them take a test. So they grouped people together. You had a control group and an ADD group with same IQ, same test scores, and they gave them a self-report test. How was the exam? 
And the ADHD people basically said it was more effortful and more difficult than the control group, meaning the hypothesis is, is that thinking is actually harder for people with ADHD. Again, I'm not saying that this is research that we should take to the bank, but it's, it's some areas that we're looking for. So how I'm going to turn this to my good friend Alan Brown at ADD Crusher and productivity is I tell you, I have realized is that you're most vulnerable to escape when you've got to do some thinking on something that's ambiguous, if you don't know what it is and it's effortful and it engages your working memory, that's when you're vulnerable to get up and go have an M&M or a cup of coffee or whatever and never come back. And I'm, I'm, this, is, this is like a year ago. I tell this because it's the best way to articulate it. I said for years that procrastination is rooted in ambiguity. And people are like, no, nah, I don't think it. But it, 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 this really, really highlights it. This woman I was coaching, she was – Came in, we're talking about procrastination. I said it's rooted in ambiguity, and she wasn't getting it. And then one day, the pandemic hit. She's working from home, and I get this text. She says, oh, my God, I get it. She said, at, at work today, I had this thing where I, I had to recall the procedure. She had to, you know, her working memory had to re- retrieve existing knowledge in her head, and she remembered when she was at work. She would just lean over to a coworker, ask him a question, two seconds later have the answer, and write me back to it. What happened was she didn't have the coworker. She texted him, and to go find the answer to the question was very effortful and wasn't really clear where she'd go find it. So she went up to go get a cup of coffee, and she never went back. Mm-hmm. Now, this looks like a productivity and a motivation issue, but it's in that moment of ambiguity, like she wasn't really clear on what the step was or where to go get it, then she was most vulnerable. And I'm sharing that because if you begin to start to take some of this with you in your life, I've got to go tackle a project or a problem – and if there's a lot of ambiguity, you might find that you're very vulnerable at that moment to escape or do something else. So, you know, Alan, we haven't talked about that. What's your take on that? Is that a bunch of hogwash, or you think there's something there? Well, I'll tell you what is hogwash. The <laughs> fact that, that in all your years of researching this stuff, that you for the first time are actually seeing some research on this phenomenon, which – to me, when you spell out what the research suggested, it's like, well, of course, <laughs> how we feel, you know. But um, yep. you know, just further to that, further to your clients, that that ambiguity of where, well, I didn't really know what the next step was, et cetera. This is a classic, um, uh, what I call barrier to action, right? A classic yep. reason for procrastination, which is. I don't know what to do next, or I don't know how to get this thing started, or I, you know, I've never done it, or whatever. And, but that also relates to what you started saying at, at the outset in this little portion here, which is working memory. And you know, I, I am a coach and a, and a business person, and um, but the thing that I do more than anything is I write, and writing requires, first of all, for you to try to figure out where it is you're going. <laughs> where do I start? What's the first paragraph? But w- within that is you, you need lots of working memory, which is, okay, well, this, this paragraph up here, you know, uh, really should go down here. And these other two there, which I'm trying to hold in my mind, they should be, and I can't hold anything in my mind. So mm-hmm. for me, writing, which is most of what I do, is the most difficult thing to do because of everything that you've said. There's the ambiguity, there's the working memory needed, et cetera. And as a result of that, I have to be aware that this is very difficult for me and also be aware that I am extra vulnerable 
when I'm doing difficult work like this to my outlaw brain saying, hey, buddy, come here. Hey, listen, this is really hard work. Yep. Why don't you and me, let's just go over there <laughs> to the TV, and we're just going to watch a little bit of news for a few hours, right? And then we'll come back, and we'll, we'll, everything will be good because we'll feel better after that. We'll, we'll really get it then. So yeah. I just think this, is, this research is spot on, and, and the way you uh, served up that case study um, around the ambiguity is spot on as well. All right. Let's continue the conversation, but I've got to go break first, real quickly. Our secret word tonight is vulnerability. Again, vulnerability, and clearly, Alan's brilliant. You've got to go check out his stuff. He's got an incredible website, all kinds of information. I actually like the uh, Crusher TV specials with me on it, but I'm a little biased. But anyway, to learn more about that, go to addcrusher.com, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The TimeTimer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're here with Alan Brown having a conversation about self-regulation uh, when you're most vulnerable. We've been talking about those times, and the, the focus of the show is really some self-awareness to be aware of when you're vulnerable and you could maybe do something about it. So I got another client story I'd like to explain. There's a guy I was coaching about like five or six years ago. He was Italian, and for like major holidays, they would all get together for big dinner. It would last apparently like four hours. So he comes back from Thanksgiving, and like, how was it? Oh, my God, it was horrible. Like a huge fight broke out. And we started talking about it, began to realize is that, you know, four hours at the table, he was bored, and every, every time he got together, he'd either get drunker and Cooter Brown, or there'd be a huge argument. He could never tell me what the argument was about, but it was his thing. And I started back in the days when I was really getting kind of tapped into boredom in his relationship, and I said, you know, I was asking some questions. Yeah, it's just boring. They don't talk about anything, and I can't engage it into the – and then he began to realize that that Thanksgiving that he was probably bored not probably bored. He was bored, and somebody said something, and he didn't remember what it was, but he just started arguing with him, whatever. So I said, you know, Christmas is coming up. They had the same type of deal. I said, and the guy likes Sudoku. For what, I forget how we knew that, but he loves Sudoku. And I said, well, why don't you take yourself like a Sudoku, like one of those electronic games. Just take it, and let's run the experiment. Christmas dinner, you sit down, you do that the whole time, and let's see what happens. So he goes, all right, I'll give it a shot. So he goes, and... um after it's over with, he goes, oh, my God, I go, I sit down, I got this new coat, and everybody's giving me this hard time, like, you know, hey, you know, what's this family doing? Like, listen, my coach, we've got this thing where this is an experiment, right, because, you know, this is always stressful for us. And he goes, four hours later, 
he got done. He said, amazing, because I was occupied. I was heard what they said. Every once in a while, I was interested. I would chime in and not. And he said, for the first time, I was able to do it for a family dinner without there being a catastrophe. And my point of all this is, is we knew in advance it was a boring setting. We bought a structure to occupy his mind so he wouldn't be so vulnerable. So the idea was in order to help him self-regulate was we were self-aware and managed the boredom as a means to do that. And my hope is this show will actually inspire some of you to be thinking in these terms in advance when you are the most vulnerable. So what do you think of that story, Alan? Well, it's classic Jeff Copper, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. Just come on, folks. All right. I mean, who, who, where else are you going to hear about a coach that says, all right, here's what I want you to do at your family's <laughs> holiday dinners. I want you to ignore everybody and do a Sudoku puzzle, and then that, we'll see what happens. All right. But, but what a brilliant, what a brilliant, unexpected, out of left field, and yet effective uh, Jeff Copper move that is. And by the way, you know, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you referred to CrusherTV.com, which is where I have this library of uh, mini master classes uh, on productivity, uh, procrastination, prioritization, et cetera. And this is, this is one of the reasons why Jeff Copper is one of only a handful of people who have been my guest expert on, on CrusherTV twice because he's always got great stuff. But, you know, I, I, boredom, as we've, been, we've mentioned here and there throughout our conversations so far, is a huge trigger. Yes. Um, and so, it, it's, of course, it's just neat how you found a way for this uh, uh, client to recognize that fully and to also remedy it. But, you know, this, talking about being aware, like self-awareness about all this, if you can get really aware of all your triggers, because there's a range of triggers, right? Yes, uh, yes. Triggers for self-regulation or lack thereof, right, that we talked about hunger, we talked about um, not getting enough sleep, you know, not, not feeding your brain right. And there's boredom. But there's, there are also things like uh, we were just talking about when there's a really, really tough task. That's going to be a trigger for going yes. off and doing something at the, at the behest of our outlaw brain instead of doing the right thing, et cetera. So, you know, may, maybe a, a thing for our listeners to, to consider is, you know, sit down sometime, maybe right after this, this program, and just write down what you think are your biggest triggers, you know, uh, yep. that, that get you into trouble. Absolutely. By sitting down and doing that right now, and kind of while this is top of mind and reflecting on it, it's a good time because we got your working memory booted up on the topic. You can begin to make those things kind of tangible on a piece of paper, and then you can start to look for when those triggers are going to come to the future because if you study your – I find that people are patterns. I mean they, they repeat themselves all over, and if you get to know yourself, you can begin to predict when you're going to have a problem before you even get there, like the day before if you understand those characteristics. And if you do that, now you're in a position to manage it, not by just down-regulating and trying harder in the moment, but you can design the environment a little differently, like the Sudoku thing or the, the guy with the chew. We, like, we, we made that stuff in place because we knew he was most vulnerable, So, which is really what I want to accomplish this show. So as we begin to wrap these up, any final thoughts or comments before we close? Yeah, I, you know, there's, there's another trigger that resides, is frankly, in our body. And uh, when we start to get stressed or, um, uh, you know, antsy or just vulnerable, and I love that the, the secret word today is vulnerability, <laughs> uh, we, we can hear that, so to speak, in our body. So I, I always say listen to your body when negative thoughts 
uh, are coming around uh, when frustration, hunger, right? We feel that in our yep. body. Boredom. You can even feel some agitation when you are bored, right? So listen to your body and think about where in your body you feel that tension or agitation. For me, for instance, you know, when I get stressed, I feel it in my shoulders and, and my gut. And that's a signal to me that, hey, there's a trigger coming on that's going to make me do something, um, you know, against what it is I'm really trying to get done today, whether that's the big project or just or just staying out of trouble, you know, uh, yeah. with regard to, 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 to diet or, you know, even saying the wrong thing in front of people, et cetera. So there, there would be my, so, my final thought. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really grateful that you brought that up because I want to make a distinction. You know, ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. You have to regulate your tension, and you have to regulate your emotion. As I've learned that 10 years ago, some people struggle more with emotion. Some people struggle more with attention. Sometimes there's a balance. What is brilliant about what you said is sometimes loneliness, being tired or bored, some people can see it as a thing, but other ones it shows up as an emotion. And the textbook thing in coaching is as an emotion, if you go to the body, your body doesn't lie. And so what you said, Alan, was really brilliant. I want to access that. Some of you, that might not make any sense to you, but others where these feelings show up as an emotion for you as opposed to a thing, what Alan said is spot on. Learn to listen to your body because you can notice those triggers and those things and, and then begin to manage it. So did, did I articulate that okay or did, was that confusing? You, you know, you actually just reminded me of a great quote by uh, Eckhart Tolle, which is, emotion is your body's reaction to your mind. So when we start to, you know, flag, uh, yep. you know, uh, when we feel fatigued or when we start to feel angry or frustrated, et cetera, we will generate an emotion. And that emotion yes. gets felt in our body. So well done. Absolutely. All right. Alan, brilliant. Thank you for coming on the show as usual. Always love having you as a guest. Always great to be here, Jeff. All right, everybody. It's addcrusher.com. Go check it out right now. Remember, our secret word was vulnerability. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.